we're going to turn in our Bibles. Who brought their Bibles on our Christmas party night? What? What translation do you have? No, I don't want your Bible, Kylie. I know your translation. It's okay. All right. I need to move these uh, petroleum jellies, and then we'll be in business. Here we go. So we're going to be in Luke chapter... Um, let me find it here. Chapter 2, verse 1. The birth of Jesus. You all thought that you understood the birth of Jesus, but wait until you come at it from this Lego perspective. What do you think of my AI images? I created all of these. I'm an artist. It took me five minutes. Okay. I'm going to read this. I want you to read along. If you don't, didn't bring a Bible, do you have a question? What is it? It's a Lego Fortnite manger scene. All right. I'm going to read this. If you don't have your Bible with you, feel free to look at it on your phone, but be sure to put your phone away right after because I know you want to check your B-Real. All right. It says in verse 1 of chapter 2, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while, whose guy's name is that? A new governor was over Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Now you guys remember David? We talked about him a few weeks ago. He threw the stones and knocked out the giant, was the king of Israel for a while. Do you remember David? All right. Joseph, who is Jesus' earthly father, was related to David. He went there to register for the census with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and, and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those who his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And later on in Jesus' life, there were wise men that came and gave gifts to him. You might know that part of the story. They're part of the manger scene. There were some donkeys and different things like that all around, right? They don't think there's very many animals. We have one person in a bunny costume. But I started thinking to myself when it came to this story, Guys, where do we fit in the story of Jesus? 
being born. Imagine the story. Close your eyes for a second. We're going to put a few characters in our minds, okay? So on one side, we have Mary and Joseph. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm not Mary because I'm not a girl. And because I have nowhere near the faith that Mary had when an angel said to her, you're going to have a baby. And she went, okay, whatever you say. And then I'm not Joseph by any means because I probably wouldn't have had the faith to believe an angel either that said, your wife is going to have a baby and you're going to have nothing to do with the baby coming to her. Right? That just just blows your mind. Okay, so those two people, I'm just like, check the list, not good enough to be those two, right? Let's go over to the other side. We have shepherds. Angels, can't be an angel, not going to be an angel in the Christmas play. Not good, okay? There's shepherds. Now, I would like to think that I'm kind of like shepherds. I, I like being outside, kind of like the idea of watching sheep. I mean, it's a pretty chill job. But then when the angels told them that they didn't need to be afraid, they just needed to go find this baby, they just went. They didn't think about it. They just kind of took off. And I don't know about you, but like when I hear God's voice tell me to do something, I don't exactly respond as quickly as the shepherds did. So then I went, okay, in this story, I'm probably not much like the shepherds. You can open your eyes if you want. Or keep them closed to help you imagine these different pictures, right? So then you have the wise men, right? And I go, okay, yes, I'm one of the wise men. Right? Because I'm really smart. Okay, nope, not one of the wise men either. I actually played the wise men in our church play when I was in elementary school. I think it was in third or fourth grade. I'm standing up on top of one of these risers like this, way up here on the back row. And in my church, we didn't have a wall. We had a a temporary stage, and then it was like in a gymnasium. And so temporary stage, I'm already four feet up, and then I'm on the back of the riser. And guess what this wise man did? He locked his knees, and everything started to get a little bit blurry, and I fell backwards off the riser and missed my lines. I was so excited. I was singing the last song right before we were going to come on. I was like, we three kings of Orient, right? And I was just so excited. I was like, okay, I can make it. I'm not going to pass out. I'm like shaking and sweating. And then I just remember my mom being like, Cole, Cole, are you okay? Obviously not. I'm not okay. I have a concussion, and I fell 10 feet to my death. Really embarrassing, but I liked the attention, okay? So I'm not a wise man. I thought about that. Was I a sheep? Am I a donkey? I don't know. I just can't put it together. And then as I'm thinking and praying about this, I go, wait, maybe I'm kind of like the manger scene. Like maybe I'm kind of like the actual, when it says in the Bible, the manger, right? It's like the feeding trough. Like the thing that all of the food and the crap gets put into. Now, let me explain it to you. All of you are like, wait, why are you doing this inanimate object? Okay. Think about it for a second. So, it wasn't clean. It wasn't put together. People kind of like just scraps and crap and just fashioned out of whatever could happen. But that's where God chose to put Jesus. And I think that that looks just like my life. It's kind of messy, kind of dirty. I kind of pick up some stuff over here, and then I pick up some stuff over here. And then all of a sudden, God just put Jesus in my life, and I went, whoa. I didn't have to figure it all out. 
I didn't have to be clean or put together. He was humble enough to just show up in my mess. And that's, as today, as I, was, as I was just praying about this, that's where it really struck me. I was like, well, Jesus came as a baby in a manger, like, heard it before, right? But, like, do you guys know that God could have allowed Jesus to be born of a virgin into a castle? He could have allowed Jesus to be born into a palace, into the king's. He could have been like a king's son, right? Like he really could have. God could have done that. And he could have still died a sinless death on a cross. All of the same things except for the beginning. But the amazing thing about the gospel is not just the end of the story. It's also the beginning and the humility that God had to put his own son into rags and then into a feeding trough. I don't know how many of you guys have animals. We live in a a suburban kind of town, but like some of you guys come from the country a little more. I have chickens, okay? When the chicken coop fills up with poop, that's what I kind of imagine that this manger scene would have looked like and smelled like, right? And then when we don't eat all of our food at the end of the day, we just kind of scrape it into a bucket and drop it into the feeding trough. It's the same thing. That's exactly what they had back then. And all that Mary did was rip some of her own clothes and find whatever she could laying around, and then she put Jesus right there. I mean, I'm sure she tried to wipe it out as best a mom can, right? But she put Jesus right in that mess. Not perfect, not well put together, not a cradle, not a crib. My baby has things that are better for her dolls than what Jesus was laid into. But that is the beauty of this story. And that's what I really want you guys to wrestle with tonight. Are you trying to become perfect so that Jesus has a palace to reside in? Or are you allowing him to just dwell in your feeding trough of a life and heart? In the messiness, in the lack of perfection, in the craziness of the, the busy holiday season, I've got tests tomorrow and I've got presents to buy and stuff to wrap and family members to see. And by the end of this whole thing, I'm going to be glad I'm going back to school, right? Some of you will, I promise. I promise. But you know what I'm saying? I found myself realizing that I strive to be with God so much that my relationship depends on whether or not I am striving to be with him. Does that make sense? Instead of seeing God as this baby that was born into my mess, I see him as a far off figure that I have to try and reach. And the closer and harder and more that I'm working at trying to reach him, the closer I feel like I am to God when in all All the time he was just asking for me to be a broken vessel that was willing to hold his son. The imperfect heart that I have that was just willing to accept the humility of God that would meet me in my brokenness. So I want to encourage you guys tonight. Can you flip to that next one? I'm totally unfit to hold a gift from God, but yet he fits perfectly. 
just like he did in the manger, just like he did in that feeding trough. Totally unfit. And if you think that you are going to achieve a time, a thing in your life, that you are going to be fit to hold something that God has, or if you think that you've reached that right now, I would really just want you to pray and say, God, like, am I just trying to reach you when I, and not willing to let you reach me? Am I making my relationship dependent on how hard I'm gonna try to achieve relationship with God instead of allowing him to meet me where I'm at? So all of us across the room tonight, our hearts are so unfit to hold this gift that God has for us in Christmas the gift of his son, the example of how we should live and love other people, the example ultimately of laying down his life both as a baby and then as a man. Will we allow him to just abide and fit perfectly into our mess? Let me pray with us before we dismiss. Father God, I thank you so much for each and every student in this space. And I just ask in Jesus' name that they would be able to experience what it means to receive from you the Holy Spirit, what it means to receive from you this gift of life and hope and relationship. I pray that we'd all be able to visualize what it means for you to show up and just fit perfectly into our mess. We love you, Jesus, and we're thankful for who you are. Amen. All right, students, I encourage you tonight. We're going to head out to the lobby. We've got cookies and milk. But I encourage you, if, if you feel like you want God to fit into your mess in a different and a better way this year, be sure to talk to your leader during your small group time. We have time for fun and relationship with Jesus. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>